It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality and one based in what do you bet on Twitter? With music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast, a belated Scotty Johnny Podcast like that. Uh, I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett. I am Scotty Johnny himself, and with me, uh, as per usual at least, we do have Aaron Cheddar Talk Flottam. As per usual, I've been a ghost lately, man. I'm sorry. I've been uh, been busy. Hey, hey, John, what's going on, man? It's uh, It's been a busy, uh, busy week, busy week uh, and a half here. Uh, yeah. Actually, Mostly just actually a busy last three days um, with all the Rodgers, the Bucks controversies and everything else going on. It's been it's been something. And uh, yeah. And uh, maybe you can tell everybody what what happened earlier this week. Why we're doing a delayed podcast. Right. So the way that this kind of went is uh, we did record Monday night as as per usual. And the problem was, is that we got about an hour's worth of stuff in. So we're about ready you know with editing and whatnot we're about two-thirds of the way through our show and then we end up the entire thing disappears it just it's just flat out just disappeared didn't like stop recording it erased everything and just continued acting like it was recording it was amazing in in a horrible sort of way um and we kind of stopped i had to work out several things through the computer to try to reconfigure everything to go and we're back here. We also missed last week because Aaron was busy with work. Uh, mm-hmm. Work sometimes pulls him away from this podcast, as we know. Um, and and I, I had almost no voice left. Uh, we've been dealing. I might sound a little low right now yet even, but we've been dealing with, you know, all the different weird Paso bugs profundo. going through. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. Anyhow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's been... Um, there are a lot of bugs going through Wisconsin right now, and I've got five kids. They all come in. They all come yeah. right in through the door. The kids bring them right. willingly to me. Welcome to uh, the Bar- <laughs> Barnett Petri dish, right? right. Just way it goes. So uh, we're glad to be back. It turns out we have some things to talk about in what is generally our sports abyss era, um, but we, we've got some things to talk about. And and thankfully, to a certain degree also, Aaron, you and I are now emotionally disconnected slightly. Because Monday night we were less emotionally disconnected from several things that, oh that we're going to talk you about. Should, so yeah, yeah. The, the lost podcast. I was despondent. The greatest about, podcast about, actually about the, about the Bucks. Like I, I was. I almost swore three times. Um, mm-hmm. and that's no lie. Um, yeah. And as this game is panning out in the background here, uh, the Bucks uh, down three games to one are playing game five right now against Miami, leading sixty nine to sixty three at halftime. Um, my, my, my mood might, well, well, here's where I am with this right now. And I'm actually, I'm just, just game casting in the background. I'm not even watching the broadcast because I, I don't want to as a, as a Wisconsin fan, um, I can't take it anymore. Yeah. We're going <laughs> like, to, we'll react to this game at a right. different day. <laughs> so right, exactly. we're going to talk about everything. And, and so, and I'm up. okay. I'm okay. Not watching it. Right. So, but in between that and then the Rogers thing had just been announced and then, um, I was that was pretty raw having those like, well, geez, he's gone. 
son of a son of a gun. That's that's rough. And then today, like realizing, oh boy, he's with the Jets. And then he did a press conference, and I yeah. was like, oh yeah, you can have him. Never mind. All right, I'm, I'm over it. Got over it real quick. <laughs> let's yeah, get let's right into that. all of that. Yeah, let's do it. Um, but before we start our, our our main event segment here, we do want to remind sponsored? you. <laughs> yeah, no, we are sponsored by uh, Shadow Tracker, a new young adult novel by Jonathan E. Barnett. It's a wonderful yeah. book. Go check it out. It's on Amazon.com as well as who's, Barnes & Noble. It's available on your Kindle if you'd like it. Who's that guy? He's oh, a he's cool. a handsome young man, uh, <laughs> bearded. With great beard comes got, great got responsibility. Got going on. Yes. We should just like we should just start like like announcing that a, a major Fortune 500 company is our sponsor every week until until they notice. It, yeah. Yeah. Speak it <laughs> speak it into existence. They're not going to stop us from advertising it? for them. Or you know we. We have a, a decent little following, so yeah. Well, what are they going to do, sue us for bringing attention to their company? Yeah. I mean, we're not going to do it like, in a mean way, yeah. We're not going to angry gas things, but uh, I do want to say before yeah. we get going too long. You, you may hate, you might hate the Waltons, <laughs> but I say go to Sam's Club. Ta-da! Sure. Um, the, uh, you can follow us all on Twitter. You can follow this show itself, at Pod. You can follow me, at NotSoHumbleHost. And Aaron, where do people find you on Twitter? You can find me at Cheddar Talk, John, at Cheddar Talk. Cheddar like cheese, talk like what comes out of your face. Perfect. And with that, we will begin the segment of the show that we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. To start off our main event, I I do want to start off with a quote. Uh, The quote is from Professor Scott Galloway, a best-selling author as well. Uh, And the quote is regarding Adam Newman, everyone may know from WeWork. And the quote goes, if you tell a 30-something man that he is Jesus Christ, he is inclined to believe you. And that is basically what we did with Aaron Rodgers. Because we did it with Mm -hmm. Brett Favre, and we didn't learn anything. Uh, And this is all to say, Aaron Rodgers has been traded uh, and he continues to spend a lot of time trying to talk the Packers down. That right. Pat McAfee, regardless of how well the trade went, that Pat McAfee interview was intended to harm the Packers. There's no way it wasn't. He's not stupid. He is a right. smart guy. He knew what he was trying to do. He was trying to harm the Packers' ability to get anything because he wants them to be bad when he leaves. If they get something right. for him, the Jets will have less and the Packers will get more. Well, and, and, and it's, a bit, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit too that like when you're a first year player, first couple year player, like you're still really exposed to the media and the fans and everything else like that. Rogers through 18 years in the league and 15 years as starter and everything else like that. It's really easy to get isolated because when you have money, you can isolate yourself from the real world yeah. as well. So, yeah. So if all you're hearing is that people, lo- I mean, look at Russ Wilson, man. Like that dude used to be cool, you know? like, right? It, it happens, you know. It really does. That's what makes the Peyton Mannings of the world. I mean, look at Tom Brady's the same way too. He's tries to be cool. He's not, but he tries. Yeah, he really you know, does like try. He's, he's just so he's just so far removed from it. That's what makes Peyton and uh, Eli Manning such just uh, uh, mavericks in the post quarterback era. Even Troy Aikman, like. You hear him talk like in the real world, like off broadcast, he's removed from reality. Like right. maybe and that might be the fifteen concussions too, in case in the case of Aikman, but uh 
Yeah, I mean, Galloway, uh, this great quote from him. Uh, I also uh, I really appreciate Galloway. He did run that 3940 at the Combine. Uh, that, good, that's good Joey stint, Galloway. Good, good, good little stint in the NFL as a wide receiver. <laughs> great quote, too. Smart man. That's totally different. That's awesome, though. Good pull. Uh, but, yeah, no. So the trade itself at this point is Packers and Jets swap picks, which is moving up two picks. All right, from 15 to 13. Biggest things it maybe does is pull Paris Johnson and uh, – Darnell Wright into the conversation. Uh, but I mean, you know, a tackle is not a terrible pick at that spot. Um, you know what, you know what I really want to see with yeah. that 13th pick, John, tell me if they Dealing. trade back to 15 with the jets and pick up a third round. <laughs> draft pick. That would be the most jets thing ever. Uh, or even just like a fifth rounder or something like that. Just, just, just get back our middle, fifth. Just, just more middle fingers. Just middle fingers everywhere. But get back our own fifth and a sixth. Yeah. You know, like. Right. <laughs> oh no, we yeah, because we gave them a fifth to get a sixth. So the whole trade is we, we switch yeah, those yeah. two, we get a second this year, pick forty two. Plus they get our fifth round and we get their sixth round. We did not have a sixth round previously, but we had a compensatory fifth. Um. And then next year, the Packers will get a second, but conditionally a second, because if Rodgers starts 65% of the snaps, meaning the offensive snaps, because 50% are offense and defense, roughly. If he starts 65% of their snaps, uh, then it becomes a first-round pick. So the the best scenario is he starts every game and they're bad. You know, (laughs) that basically they're the Green Bay Packers of this year over there. Which is kind of what he wants. Listening to the the, the Minnesota Sports Station, I still listen to. I so as we all know, I still listen to K Fan because uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a rube. But um, they were talking about well, like Vegas has him at fourteen to one now, which is the sixth best in the NFL because that team is loaded. It's completely loaded. All they need is a quarterback and uh, an angry Aaron Rodgers. First of all, Las Vegas is put at fourteen to one right now to suck up all that New York money because mm-hmm. they know that there's going to be a whole yeah. bunch of people that are going to put a bunch of money on the jets. There's people pouring money in from the Eastern seaboard on the jets right now, blah, 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 whatever it's. And then, and then it's like, well, you know, if they, you know, if it's conditional up to a first rounder, if they win the super bowl, that's still pick 32, which is no better than a second round pick. I don't think it's, I think it's going to be more like pick 20. I don't know if they beat the bills. <laughs> I mean, no, no. <laughs> Look at the AFC, man. The AFC's tough. I mean, well, AFC Josh East, they're still going to play Josh Miami. Josh a then. legit quarterback, and he can't even get out of the second round right now because that that division is so tough. Like, and, oh, and now yeah. you bring over Rodgers too on top. I mean, the AFC West alone, and arguably the Denver Broncos are going to be better now that they actually have yeah. someone who'll tell Wilson to sit down. You know, it's like it's. I, I mean. And depending upon what the quarterback situation in Miami is, Miami's not going to be a pushover. No. Patriots are always the Patriots, although there's that stuff with Mac Jones right now. But, uh, I mean, I don't it, – it's not going to be an easy road to hoe in the NFC. And they don't have an easy schedule. Either. I'm looking at some of this. Okay, so they got their their, their divisional games, right? You, are, you already went through those. Their other games, they're going to play – Kansas City at home. They're going to play the Eagles at home. I mean, the two Super Bowl teams, they'll play them both next year. They will play the Chargers at home. They'll play Dallas in Dallas. The Giants, essentially, at home. Uh, Yeah. Uh, 
those aren't well, and, great games, man. Like they, they could talk, have a rough we talk time. About symmetry, we talked about the symmetry between Favre and Rodgers. And when Favre went to the Jets, I remember all the talk was, oh, they got a great young roster. All they need is a quarterback, blah, 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 blah. That year with the Jets for Favre was a complete flop. As a matter of fact, the only thing that came out of that was he sent a picture of his genitalia on a text message to uh, Jen Sturger. Sturger, thank you. Yeah. And so that's the only thing that came out of that. The next year when he went to the Vikings, though, who had a pretty legit team outside of quarterback, you know, that was that was a little bit more of a. Um, and then he came back pump. to that team, and they were terrible. And they were terrible, and his Iron Man streak ended. And he blah, could blah, do blah. every other year, basically. Right. But, you know, it was it was interesting seeing, you know, and here's the difference between the, the podcast we were going to do on Monday versus now. Um, now that it's happened, that press conference happened today and, you know, Aaron Rodgers shows up. Uh, it, not that this means anything. We're military, so it, it's it, it means something. But like with a clean cut haircut, like he still had a beard, but even his beard was trimmed. His haircut was cut short. Yeah. Like, neat. Looked good. Like looked like a professional as opposed to like the last four years. Rolls into camp, right? Uh, dressed as something, you know, which is fine. Like I get that, but like he's a pre- like the one thing about Brady and Manning and all the other greats is like they're professionals. They're the quarterback of the team. They're the leader. They they do that, and that's a, he's been in some la la land for the last four years, um, plus, and. That's you know that's that's why this it, it it's it's okay for it's it's okay to have it both ways it's okay to have sad seeing him leave, but at yeah. the same time be like it, it had to run its course like it wasn't working we weren't going to run it back one more time like no he that we the, the two MVP seasons both ended in complete debacle last year was a, a severe crap show you know like (laughs) and just with his not wanting to participate and not wanting to grow the young talent that was around him you know whereas opposed to now you're going to see him he's going to be in i bet you he's going to be in new york the whole time he's going to start participating in the offseason stuff right away he's already said he won't he said he's not going to do that he told them early on he's not going to be involved in their offseason nothing voluntary is going to going to happen Boy, that's got to make it real wild if that's what your uh, brand new quarterback who knows nothing about your offense. Yeah, it worked out well last year when he had a brand new group of offensive players around him, and he said, "Yeah, I'm not going to be there." And then, you know, what's, what's crazy? What's crazy too is he had Lazard on that team, and he didn't force the ball to Lazard, no. which he should have on a couple of occasions because Lazard's running wide open down the middle. It, it, that it, I love that. I love that. Last year when Lazard was on the Packers, everyone said this guy wouldn't be a third wide receiver on any team. But now that he's on the Jets, it's like Lazard's a legitimate second wide receiver option. He has to be now because in order to get the seconds there, because they didn't want to have no seconds, they traded away uh, uh, more. CJ Moore over. So it's like, um, yeah. yeah. I, I, I just I just love that Alan Lazard, by changing teams with the same quarterback, has become a real threat. Right. Um, right. So, MVS. Look what happens when MVS goes to a quarterback that looks at other people or doesn't hold agendas or try to run another offense. He looked great with the Chiefs last year. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't a one, but he was a he was a good player. Um, yeah, he was fine, and he he really showed up. It weird, right? I mean, it's yeah. The Jets had a very. I mean, they still have a pretty good roster. Like, but last year when they had, they had more as well. 
who they traded away. They now have their receivers. Garrett Wilson is legit. He was a rookie of the year. Yeah, yeah. Then Lazard's their two. McCole Hardman right now is their three, maybe their four, depending on what you know Corey Davis does. And then Denzel Mims, who's kind of a failed player. Uh, Malik Taylor's on that team. Look at that. He got a reserve future contract. Um, Breesy Hall is nice. He was on the injured reserve at the end of last year. Michael Carter after that. Yeah, um, and, and, that's, yeah. and that's, another, that's another one, too. Like, the, uh, Brees Hall, they're like, Brees Hall, top-end running back. Top-end running backs <laughs> usually don't come back from major injuries. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, we'll I, I know it's and that's just the reality of things. Like, he might because he's young enough. Adrian mm-hmm. Peterson did late in his career, but he's a physical beast. Yeah, like, he's, he's, a, he's a freak. Adrian Peterson, terrible person, but, man, that dude was a – just a physical specimen like that that's a completely different argument but i mean so Brees hall missed most of last year i know he was on my fantasy football team for a good <laughs> right. chunk of it and i held on to him and didn't work out and i lost in the championship game thank you Brees hall jerk um but anyhow <laughs> but yeah i mean so so who's their tight ends like what do they got for uh tight well tight ends right now they have uh tyler conklin who's okay cj uzoma who's who's Good. I mean, that's a decent one, too. The idea is, of course, that they'll also sign uh, Big Dog and get him, mm-hmm. you know, because Rodgers wants his guys. So Cobb and them are, you know, are, are in play now to be Jets. Right. But, you know, they aren't at this point still. The oh, offensive line. will go over there, too, yeah. Offensive That'd line be awesome is if they, something. Maybe they'll get Bakhtiari over there, too. Whatever. Clear yeah, we'll that. see. And we can just have that 6-11 and 11 season that stinks, just like Rodgers' first season. And then, oh, hey, look at all this cap space. Yeah. but They got a yeah. good defense, though. They really do have a the, legitimately the good defense. The defense is good. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I, do, I do subscribe to the conspiracy theory that Gunkunst moved up to 13 to make sure he doesn't take an offensive tackle at that <laughs> position so the Jets can take an offensive tackle so Rodgers will play 65% of the snaps. Yeah. So did you do you get that? I do all? get that. I think that that's interesting. Um, and if they take no, a tackle, I, that, that, that was, should be that something was, we say. You're supposed to laugh. That was a joke. Like I, I don't know. I, I like that at all. I'm I, on I, board for all the conspiracies <laughs> in terms of football. I I really I football really conspiracies. The, I'm I here for the Packers draft a good left tackle because they're going to need one. You know, and so yeah. As much, and as, I, as, much as I love Yash Nyman, man, I could be here. Uh, so here's what we're rooting for as Packer fans in the draft, uh, which starts. We, probably today for you uh, if you're listening yeah, like tomorrow morning because uh, we're recording this Wednesday night now. What we want is Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, and Hernan Hooker all go in the top 10. Right. Maybe. Maybe it happens. Here's the other thing we tell you every is year. Is he a hooker? Yeah, every year. He's yeah. He is also old. He's an old, as we say. I think he's 25 or 26. Uh, I forget this exact age. I wish right I now. was twenty-five or twenty-six. I'd take twenty-nine at this point. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, but the the other thing to remember is: Do you remember all the articles you've read? And I'm not talking to you, Aaron. I'm talking to the the audience. Do you remember all the articles you've read recently? All the big news, all the shifts in in well, who's in the power rankings, well, what are teams looking to do? They're all lies. Mm-hmm. Everything has been a lie for at least two weeks now. When you hear, well, the Cowboys are really thinking of going up, trading up to two to get Bijan Robinson, that is a lie. It's a lie. They're lying to you. Why? Because right. they really think it confuses other teams. 
I, I've, teams... I've, heard, I've heard enough of Andrew Brandt and uh, Scott Studwell, who used to be the Vikings GM back in the day, in, in later life coming out and just saying how this whole week before the draft is just it's, it's the don't. worst. It's the worst. Like, by the way, so, so, I would like to stand up for Andrew Brandt for a second. Oh, he's great. He's gotten dragged through the trough on Twitter this last week, which Twitter is the trough anyways. But um, people are like, oh, what do you know about Aaron Rodgers? And it's like that dude convinced the Packers to draft Aaron Rodgers. Like he's the one that got Aaron Rodgers to Green Bay. I don't I don't understand the hate for Andrew Brand, especially from oh, no. He's good. Packer fans. Like that I, dude helped get you the last Super Bowl that we yeah. had. Like Andrew And he Brandt, understands the business like nobody else does. Like and luckily and, and luckily for us, he's a gentleman. He doesn't respond to a lot of the trash that he gets in his comment section. Yeah, he doesn't but go like, all Daryl Ravel on everybody. <laughs> right. Well, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, um but yeah, I mean, he's like Ian Rappaport. He 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 posts his he posts his quote and then just walks away, right? And so, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so like I, Andrew Brandt and uh, Scott Studwell both have both commented in the past, like this week before the draft and all the speculation and all the mock drafts. It's like the mock mock draft is the most unbelievably made up, not. It's, it's snake oil. Like it, ma- they make people make so much money off something that's not a real thing. Yeah, it, but... it's it's not. I mean, people are like here's my mock draft. Who cares? <laughs> in, in the case that you get one out of thirty two right, I like cares. doing. I like running my mock drafts personally, and the reason I like doing it is because I like getting a feeling for kind of what are several possibilities for the way the board falls. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you run it for every team you can get a good feel for at least the first two, three rounds. Um, and if, if you run the scenarios over and over again, you start seeing that there are certain names that are going to be in these areas. I mean, and, and you, you don't really know, but it gets you an idea of who'd start looking for in different areas. Cause like you're but, looking but at the, round what, five. What's the, what's the, what's the payoff for you? What do, what do you get out of it? Um, I, it narrows down my research uh, in some cases, because if, if I'm looking, what are fifth round guys I really like? And then I say, like, well, okay, if I'm able to pick up these kind of positions first, like, I think edge in the first two rounds is very doable. I think that getting a safety is something you wait on in this draft because I don't like the top end of this safety class. I don't think any of them are really legitimate first rounders. Uh, If you get Antonio Johnson in the second round, I'm happy with that. Uh, But other than that, I want to wait. I want to wait on safety because, uh, like, uh, a lot of these these guys that are listening to the top end, I watch them, and I'm just not as excited by the idea of uh, getting you know, Brian Branch, uh, who tests terribly, by the way, terribly. Uh, Sidney Brown I like as well, I guess. Um, Jair Brown out of Penn State sometimes falls, and if he ends in the third round, second, third round, I'm okay with that. Sidney Brown in the second round would be fantastic. Uh, why, why, why can't you just wait for them to draft the players they're going to draft and then do the research? Well, because then I'm not ready for because the day you're because because your research is going to change what they're going to do. No, but it helps me be ready to watch and get a feeling right away of like I know that guy. That's good. I like this. Or I hate to see that you know Daniel Scott ends up with the Bears somehow because that's a good pick. So uh, did you feel really good about Brian Brom then? Uh, at the time, I was like, wow, that's that's a good position. And I think, quite honestly, had he stayed on the team and actually stayed through the camps rather than leaving, he'd have been fine. 
I think his his desire to become immediately a starter ruined his career because it was also with a terrible team that needed a starter suddenly. And he went and started the week he joined the Bills. Ruined his team. I think a lot of quarterbacks don't understand that being the first quarterback taken, if you are the first overall, is one of the worst things that can happen to you. How many first overall quarterbacks win? It's like Peyton Manning well, and Eli, I guess. But he didn't win with the team that technically drafted him either. John Elway. <laughs> yeah, but only when he wasn't the star of that team. Only when he was done, you know. <laughs> and, and and it was a run-first team with a good defense. Dan Marino. Was not a first overall pick. No, that's right. John Elway was the first one on that one, right? Yeah, and Dan Marino player. never won a Super Bowl. So, yeah, I was like, yeah, how many of them really win? The, like, the, those guys like Tim Couch and... Derek, uh, uh, David Carr and things like that. Those we guys. Do not bla- we do not blaspheme David Carr. Yeah. No, because he got put in a terrible scenario and they, and they murdered him. Tim Couch had that same thing. Tim Couch went to an expansion team and got just hammered for three years. That's right. Everybody, everybody forgets that the Cleveland Browns that they are now are an expansion team, yeah. not the uh, actual Browns. Getting drafted first overall means you're a quarterback going to a team that will give you no weapons and you probably have a bad offensive line. Where you want to be is the quarterback who is drafted like tenth, <laughs> you know. Everybody remembered. Everybody remembered Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Jim Brown's Browns. That yeah. franchise mm-hmm. has two Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah. In Sorry, in Baltimore. <laughs> yes. And also remember, man. Just think about this. If instead of being who he is, Trubisky had gone to a team where he had a good offensive line, a strong defense, Andy Reid. And, you know, McCole Hardman and uh, and uh, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And you're like, M- Mitchell might have had a whole, you know, Mitchell Trubisky might have had a whole different career if that had been where he'd started rather than going to a team where like, you might die today. Good luck out there, son. And you're like, oh, geez. That's the thing, too, is like, you know, talking about Aaron Rodgers, the difference between him and Alex Smith, you know. There's always this grudge. It never got picked first overall by the San, San Francisco 49ers. Alex Smith went through like what five offensive coordinators in four years, mm-hmm. three head coaches. Just it was a steaming pile. In the meantime, the Green Bay Packers were in a mini rebuild. They'd actually just come off an NFC Championship game where they should have made it to the Super Bowl, but uh, and then there was the nightmare. Um, yeah. yeah, the the, the nightmare. Uh, divorce from uh brett Favre, and then they had a third year guy on the bench who'd been studying under them they had a young mike mccarthy they had good you know they had good coaches in place he had one bet one bad year six and ten but as many people pointed out that six and ten year like out of the 10 losses nine of them were by less than 10 points they're all single digit like they only had one legitimate beat down Mm -hmm. and then the next year they were in the playoffs and should have beat the cardinals you know, and and so and then yeah. the next year after that it was Super Bowl. So it was two year turnaround, basically, or three year turnaround to a Super Bowl after Favre left. Yeah, because they could do it, and it, it Rogers was put in a good place. Alex Smith never made anything. You know, well, the best he ever got was when he got with the Kansas City Chiefs, right? With with for with most <laughs> the, of those guys, the, the, the aforementioned team that you said, and he mentored um, Mahomes for a year, and then was yep. gracious enough and had one of the worst injuries it, it a quarterbacks ever had short of Joe Theismann. 
and was was gracious to the league and in uh, gracious to his team and was a good man. But yeah, I mean, Alex Smith never and and arguably Alex Smith and Aaron Rodgers were just as good as each other. Yeah, and and think yeah, Alex Smith was leading that Chiefs team. They were a contender, and then right. Mahomes put them kind of over the top. He was a better player and he was prepared. But man, his scenario is about the best walk in you could ever get. Right, and, and uh, Alex or Smith, like and Alex, and Alex Smith too. Like if you ever watched him before he broke his leg, like his his and Aaron Rodgers' physical attributes were the same. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it all has to do with confidence and. You know, Derek Carr has always said that about his brother David Carr. That David Carr was always better. David Carr came into the league out of Fresno State and just got his got got sacked so much and hit so much and just drilled to the ground. He had no confidence. He was constantly looking over his shoulder as to whether or not he was going to get hit. You know, he didn't have the time to mature and grow on an expansion team, and the first expansion team in what twenty five years or something mm-hmm. like that. Like it was, you no, know, it wasn't that long because it was uh, the Browns right for you. The Browns just before that, and then the Panthers and the and Jaguars. The Jaguars. Yeah, yeah. But either way, you know what I'm trying to Doesn't say. Doesn't much matter. Yeah. Expansion either way. Yeah. yeah. So anyhow. Yeah. Well, and and remember also, Tom Brady was selected as an afterthought because they had a Hall of Fame. You know, they had a you know a, a Pro Bowl quarterback. They had a team that had been to a Super Bowl just a couple years earlier, and they drafted and Tom Brady as an afterthought. Tom Brady walked into a fantastic scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, walking into the better scenario is the better thing to be as a quarterback. Um, like Russ Martin, or Russ Martin, Russell Wilson uh, walks into a game and he's got one of the best running backs in the league, one of the greatest defenses of the decade, uh, maybe of, of several decades, and and he's just got to kind of stay alive and throw the ball to several pretty decent receivers. Um, so, yeah. One who, one who I always said was really good, and you never agreed with me, Golden Tate. Golden Tate was good. He was very good. Yeah. He was not great, but he was very he good. Hate, when we started this podcast. I do hate him, but he's a good wide ago, receiver. Almost, almost years, almost eight years, almost eight years ago before I think they won their first Super Bowl. I think it was the same year they won their first Super Bowl. Um, God, you hated him. I still hate him. He's still good. I can, I can. Oh, but you disagreed with me. I'm like, that guy is good. And you're like, no, he's not. He's not. Well, good. you think he's like a, a wide receiver one and he's like a two or a three. He can't be your one. If you're if he's your one, you're a bad team. Got the got Seattle to two Super Bowls as a number one. So well, he didn't get up there. Marshawn Lynch. I, I, got I, no, there. I know Marshawn Lynch in the defense said, but yeah. I'm just saying, like, I, I mean, and Baldwin was the better receiver on that team. But yeah. either here or there, that's you know Baldwin. Baldwin. Jeff, Baldwin uh, Tate Tate was already on this downhill when uh, Baldwin got better. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But uh, so that's where we're looking couple guys that I, I want to look at here and you know if we're going to talk about this thing I think everybody knows the upfront offensive tackles one of the things that I think is where we are offensive tackles can be a great thing I don't want to see guards uh, I got a, a couple articles up recently on last word on sports one of them is just looking at positions that winning teams draft and in the first rounds and positions that teams that have the last pick or the first pick overall get um, right before they become the worst team in football Losing teams draft guards and centers. Winning teams draft tackles. Um, winning teams don't. Nobody really drafts running backs for the most part, uh, and they're super hit or miss in the first round. And there's no value to not waiting on running backs. So wait on running back. Don't draft Bijan Robinson up front. Um, if if the Packers can get uh, Paris Johnson out of Ohio State or uh, 
Darnell right out of Tennessee. I, I'm super excited about that. Uh, that would be fantastic. If they can get um, Miles Murphy out of Clemson, the edge rusher at first round, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. If somehow somebody like uh, was it, uh, Will Anderson falls, all right, like we get, we get another edge rusher falling down to us like this, I, I, I don't see it happening. But that would be fantastic as well. Lucas Van Ness is a guy I'm so shaky on because I don't know because he he could be any number of things. But if Will Anderson's there, we take him. Uh, I don't want any first round safeties. But if late round we can get somebody like um, I don't want the, I don't Brown. want the Packers to ever spend any draft capital whatsoever again on a defensive tackle ever or a cornerback in the first round or a defensive back in the first round ever again if at all possible if we can get Keanu right. Benton second round I'm in we have you know a couple second round was picks it, here J- Jair was a first round pick right yes okay so he's like the ex- him and Gary are like the exception to the rule because as opposed to the Kevin Kings and the Justin Harrells of the world like I, I every time every time the Packers pick a defensive lineman in the first round it's, it's like you just hold your breath and it never works out yeah if the packers in second round could get like keanu benton of wisconsin or brian breezy out of clemson i'm okay with those uh if not uh then there's some other guys down the way to look at here i think they come in more as dns but they're big dns who you could be looking at um shoot uh mojo no i'm sorry moro ojimoro uh, that's one of the guys from Texas that I was looking at. Uh, he would be a very interesting pick going down there. Uh, Jalen Redmond's okay uh, going a little later on. Uh, Josh is like uh, Siaki Ika. This is a kid out of uh, Baylor. Big D tackle guy out of there. Uh, he comes in at 335. Uh, he could be a little later round guy. If you really want a big dude, though, uh, Jared Clark, 334 out of Coastal Carolina. I'm not as big on him even late round just because he doesn't seem to move well, but uh, P.J. Mustafer would be incredible as a late round uh, pick out of Tennessee for a defensive tackle. I think that would be really good. Um, if we're looking, I'm trying to think of some of the other positions that, that we've really enjoyed looking at. Like I said, late round safeties. We all know Daniel Scott's my draft crush this year. He's, he's a guy I've, I've I've been watching and I really like him. And there's also um, Chamari Connor out of Vatek. That kid can play and he can tackle. He led the ACC in tackles twice, I think. So a lot, a lot of interesting players to see out there. Those are some of the like deeper round guys I, I'd be looking at, uh, especially running back Eric Gray. He's also an old. Um, Chase Brown's a guy I'm not so sure on just because he has a ton of carries. Uh, Deuce Vaughn. Uh, Sean Tucker can be guys who could be interesting at running back. I don't want anything to do with Mo Ibrahim. He's got eight billion touches and has played some injuries. Yeah, uh, and he's on his like fourth set of tires already, man. Yeah, that, that dude, that dude's yeah. played six years. Uh, I was gonna say versus him versus um, uh, sorry, the Wisconsin running back. Um, help me. The one right now. Yeah. Oh, um, who was who was seventeen when he started playing? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, and I'm not in my my gear for that. Uh, you're just throwing me off here. I, I'm in the middle yeah. of talking about Cameron Peoples uh, out of App no. State, and that's that's where my brain is right now. And we're not going to see him uh, for a little while here, so I'm, <laughs> I'm totally out I'm, of the I'm mindset. I'm, don't worry, I'm I'm brain farting too. God, it's going to be right here in just a second. He... It'll be fine. Uh, yeah, Cameron Peoples though is another running back who's going to be probably seventh round. Would be interesting and probably good for special teams at least. Braylon too. Allen, my God, why did this happen? There you go, man. 
I didn't um, even have to Google it. I just had to stop and think for a second. I had, well, I had, <laughs> I had Ches Malusi in my head, and I'm like, it's not Ches Malusi. Well, he'll be back no, too. The, the, well, he'll be back too. But the good one, I was like, that that's the dude you want who started playing college when he was 17 as a running back, not yeah. not Mo Ibrahim, who's you know got that sixth year of NCAA eligibility and five yeah. torn ACLs, even though you've only got two of them in your body. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Mo Mo was great for Minnesota, but like, yeah, you want Mo Miles on your. I mean, if, I guess the the argument could be that AJ Dillon is like he, he had a lot of miles coming out of he BC. Did too. Yeah, and who knows what he's got left? So there's other guys here though that match what we do and would be fine. Then we're going through a couple of those names here that could be good uh, for wide receiver. If we draft tackle early or edge rusher early. Uh, look for guys like uh, Jonathan Mingo out of All Miss or Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee as guys who are going to be very interesting, probably second round. Uh, Josh Downs out of North Carolina. Uh, Charlie Jones, who in the first game of the year when they played Penn State early, uh, the, the announcer got, got super psyched and called him Chuck Sizzle. Uh, and I have used that all year because God, is he fun. Chuck Sizzle, Rashi Rice out of uh, SMU, who did also visit with Wisconsin or with uh, Green Bay as one of his visits this year. Uh, those are some guys who are probably late second, early third, who will be more interesting to see too. Uh, there's a lot of interesting uh, wide receivers in this draft class too, uh, and a lot of a lot of guys who are going to show some some high um, athletic thresholds that that could be fun to see. Uh, there was another one. I'm trying to find him here. It was a kid out of uh, Saginaw Valley, which is you're like, well, of course, you have to pick a kid out of Saginaw Valley State with the head coach we have. and all that. <laughs> So that could be fun, too. But there, there's a lot here. Um, it's I'm, I'm, I'm weird on some of these quarterbacks. What I want is for people to overvalue running backs and quarterbacks early. I want Bijan Robinson and uh, Jameer Gibbs to be first-round picks, top 10 picks, top 10 picks, top 12 picks. be perfect. <laughs> Whatever they can do to screw this up would be great. All right, but we do have to move on. We've talked a lot on this one. Uh, we do have to vent on the Bucks because yeah, we, we, we are... have to talk about the, actually the most important thing that's actually going on and as much as I'm Action. trying to avoid it in the background too. Yeah. Yeah. The Bucks season is done. I mean, like it is done. They're not coming back from uh, I'm, one no, to three. I'm not. No, no, no. I will disagree with you on that one. 100%. Okay, you go ahead and disagree. With me. I'm going to say it this way though: people don't come back from this, um, and the way the Bucks have lost these games leads me to have no faith in the coaching staff. I think the players are more talented because, quite honestly, game four, Jimmy Butler beat them by himself, and why? Because nobody decided to double team him because the game plan was to let him shoot every mid-round shot he wanted mm -hmm. the entire game. And he was shooting. There was a point, I think he each of those two games, the uh, game three and four, I think he started off six for six, both games. Uh, I mean, like, uh, and I think he did better in the second game even on that. Ends up with 50-something. Uh, I'm forgetting off the top of my head just because it was so infuriating to watch because had 50, they just left had 53 him. points. 53, Monday, there you go. Right? Yeah. yeah. 53, yeah. He could have. I mean, like, they would not. He, he wasn't missing. He wasn't missing anything. I mean, I'll, no. and I'll, it, I'll hide you. And it wasn't like he was. He, it's not like hand in his face. He made a great shot. He just overdid. Like we were backing up the whole way. Like okay. he was taking wide open pull up jumpers slowly, not even like quickly, just kind of slowly dribbling in, 
and everyone's backing away like he's coming to the rim and he well, never and did the, and, and, and the super messed up part about this whole thing too is that like it it did work for the first three and a half quarters it really did work like kind of because yeah. because the bucks were up 12 points with halfway through halfway through the sec or halfway through the fourth and like i told holly going into the fourth quarter they were up by i think 11 going into the fourth i told holly i'm like uh, it was 11 or 12 at that point too i said this is good i mean because that means that they have to make up 12 points against the bucks which in the fourth quarter they're not going to do i'm like this is good Double digit lead going into the fourth quarter for the Bucks is fine. And then I was proven right until about five minutes, until there was about five minutes left. And then they went on that run and Coach Bud failed to call a timeout. They just let him keep shooting. Yeah. And and while the Heat were just dribbling in and making 15, 10 to 15 foot jump shots and slowly getting back and forth, it's like they were doing the opposite of what they should have been doing. The Bucks are still out there railing out, trying to rail off threes for whatever reason right when you're up by 12 just keep making twos make yes. twos 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 because and take your time to do it don't walk up to, to the three to shoot to do it make the high percentage shots you know run it down to three seconds and make a high percentage shot because instead it looked absolutely the opposite the heat were shooting like they were ahead by 10 and the bucks were shooting like they were trying to make up from 15 and the heat just kept making it and then at at, at the end of that run not only that, Chuck Barkley called it on the on the post game like, "Okay, we're up at twelve. Okay, we're up at ten. Okay, we're up at eight. Okay, timeout. No, oh, no timeout. Okay, uh, now we're only up at six. Uh, time, no, no, no timeout. Okay, I got it. Okay, uh, up by four. Okay, uh, one. Uh, maybe we should call a timeout. Oh, no, oh, the game's tied. Okay, we let him all come all the way back and." Jimmy Butler just got an uncontested dunk. Uh, maybe I could call a timeout. Uh, no. Oh, now we're down by two. Okay, now timeout. Oh, that's, oh, Shaq, that's just a bad idea right there, man. That's some bad game management, man. That's a that's a bad call right there by Coach Bud. He should be known better than that. And it's he should, spot on. He's not like, good at his job. I don't like. He let the Heat come all the way back from twelve down. They they had a thirteen zero run, and didn't stop the game. And at one point. Brooke and Giannis were playing Keystone Cops at, at half court, got the ball mugged from him and a lob into Jimmy Butler, who had walked in for a two-handed dunk and shimmy down the rim. And it's like, yeah, the hell. And, and looked boys, right at everybody. What are we doing here? Like that it's just and then the more infuriating part is too is like, so the Bucks Twitter, like, and, and so they did it again tonight too. Um showed a picture of uh, Marjan Beauchamp showing up for the game tonight, like in his swaggy swag, drippy drip. And it's, it's it, like everyone's comments, <laughs> including mine were like, thanks for, uh, thanks for showing a picture of Beauchamp getting ready for the game. Not going to see, not going to see the floor. No, and there's, there's nobody. It's, it's the same seven players, wash, rinse, repeat. Your superstar yeah. is injured. He's beat up. You have young players that can do it. You know, here, here's, right. I'm going to give you a number and I'm going to let you keep going on this. The number is basically Jimmy Butler in that game shoots 19 of 28. That's 68% from the field, right? That's ridiculous. The rest of the team shot 40%. Sorry, pause, parentheses. Uh, Jimmy Butler had one of the greatest playoff games ever, too, by the way. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you can't take it away from him. You can't take it away from him. He did everything that was in front of him. He took. He took yeah. it. And, and and yeah, no, I mean, he shot 68 percent. 
and they were almost entirely uncontested shots. It felt like um, I know, I know, I know what you're about to say too, and that's the other thing too. It's like let's not take away from Jimmy Butler actually being great in that moment, but was I say like the Bucks didn't stop it from. We great. spent a lot of time covering guys who aren't good, and and no time covering Jimmy Butler, who is the only player on this team who can beat the Bucks, and he is doing it because we treat him like he is, you know, Struess or Vincent. You know, it's like. Uh, hold on a second. Give me a moment while I look up what it's Max Struess. I had to look up his first name because I don't know who this guy is. Right. Like I was like, what? Uh, Max Struess. <laughs> All I know is I like know is Maximum Struessel is what his Struzel, full name I, I believe I know, is. Maximum Struessel. And I know that Duncan Robinson has the most punchable face in the NBA. And Grayson Allen has to be so happy about that. They got a point guard from UC Santa Barbara, but it's not that point guard from UC Santa Barbara. No. It's just what, 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 Gabe what, the bananas, Vincent. The banana slugs? Yeah. I, I mean, that's isn't that Nash went, right? No, it's Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. Okay. Yeah. No, I was saying that's where Nash went, though, right? Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can look that up. <laughs> I was, I was, there, there was a joke yeah, there. Steve Nash. I, Steve Nash, right. I, Santa I was, Clara. I was, Sorry. I was, was, was going to try and pull a mash joke, but I was like, nobody Sorry. knows what mash is anymore. <laughs> Sorry, Santa Clara. He went Santa Clara, not Santa Barbara. Yeah, Santa Clara. That's the banana slugs. Yeah, there you go. Right? No, Santa Cruz. No, wrong again. Santa doesn't Cruz. Doesn't matter. Banana it's slugs banana is a great name. Care. We can all agree on that point. The point is, the Bucks treated this team ridiculously, as if they have never scouted this team, as if they hadn't played them multiple times this year and knew what the problem was going to be. And Spolstra has just taken all of Bud's lunch money and has spent yeah, it on no. chips, you yeah, know, and yeah, soda can, pop. Can, can we can we make Spolster the Bucks coach next year? Like, oh, I, any amount I of money. Would, yeah, it won't happen because everything. we've got a, the Browns ownership is now in charge of the Bucks. So oh, what God, we'll do right. is we'll that's right now we got Haslam. Yeah, we'll do something awful. But but no, I mean Spolster is an amazing coach. He really is. He's I mean, taking the less talented team and whooping the number one team in the NBA right now. Right, that's what he's doing, and it's been. I mean, not. And this, this isn't moment, the Hawks. But... This isn't the Hawks sneaking one away from the uh, the Celtics last night with a Trey Young fifty-foot oh, yeah. three-pointer at the buzzer. Jeez. Yeah, none did, of that. Did you see? They did just you murdered. see that? I did. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, Trey Young. Trey Young. That little. I, there's a Fella. reason why he was why the Bucks had to beat him to get to the play. That was ice cold, man. That was and it, but it was just one of those. It was like, what are these seven and eight? seed teams because i mean it, it happened out in the west too like it's happening right now with the lakers against memphis too but it's like wh- what's going on here and I, well remember this team it, it was, was the seven seed is the only seven seed that ever lost the seven eight game by the way the right, team we're playing yeah. the worst seven seed to ever be in the playoffs is now right. because they became the eight seed by not being able to beat an eight seed and then having right. to beat the 10 seed to get in yeah no, the uh, I, I, yeah, right. Uh, that trade, that that uh, that Trey Young shot at the la- end of that Celtics game, Celtics Hawks game last night was, right. yeah. That, I, I'm sorry, I have to give that at least good. like 20 seconds of credence, man. That was <laughs> that, and not only that, it was a line drive. Like it didn't, like that ball didn't make it much more than 15 because you have to be from that far away. You can't lob it up from that far. Yeah. My God. Anyway, so back to trashing the yeah. Bucks. Yeah. Well, tell me, tell me this, Aaron. How do the Bucks? I mean, I think 
Well, how, how do they the go, how do they win better, three straight? Because, because the, the Bucks are the better team. Like John, it's it, it's 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 real are simple. They? Like the Bucks can win in this series out. Like they didn't start off this game like they wanted to, and I and I'm going to trust this game as much as I trust a fart when I have diarrhea. But uh, I, 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 I mean, the Bucks are the better team. They are Monday Monday night. Like the, Giannis and Lopez had that pick and roll, uh, give and go. You know, big guys owning the center of the court, and the and the Heat can't do anything about it because they have the height advantage. They do, they really yeah. do. The 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 Heat up to this point in this series are everything they have is based on incredible shooting beyond what's available available what's beyond what's expected from any team in the playoffs the heat right right now if they the heat were to continue on this combat that they're writing should win the nba championship but the problem is you can't because other teams will stop them from doing this this is like the colorado rockies team what was it about 10 years ago they got hot right at the end of the season then they swept the divisional series then they swept the championship series and then got bounced for one in the championship like you get hot i was trying to tell holly like it's a these are the statistically anomalies like statistical anomalies yeah, where yeah. you know like th- there's no way you can shoot like this like jimmy butler cannot sustain this you cannot sustain this this is not a sustainable um stat like even steph curry can't keep up with this on three pointers you know no. it's like you, you just don't and Game one was crazy. The Bucks had to make 25 threes in the second game to beat them because they were still yeah. hot. Mm-hmm. Game three, they were still hot. Game four, they had them in the bag minus Jimmy Butler, but then they decided to play dumb ball. It's yeah. the opposite of hero ball, but they decided <laughs> to play dumb ball for the last five minutes. And they had plenty of chances to correct themselves. And just like the championship run two years ago, like at some point they overcame Bud's bad coaching because they're just talented enough. Right. And so, like, I'm looking at the score of the game right now. The Bucks are up by uh, 16 uh, with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, 102 86. And no, um, yeah, 102 90 now. 102 90. Okay. So I'm a little bit behind. Um, no, there's the refresh. Yeah. But here's the okay. fun part about this, but, but, Aaron. But, but here's the reason why they can turn around is because they're the better team. And if they can figure it out and they can actually. Not be stupid. The the one thing that really killed me about the game on Monday night too is like after all that, and the Bucks are only down by f- or only down by five, with still like a minute left to play. Giannis ran down the court like an idiot and just threw the ball up in the air at the basket. Not like an attempted shot. He was just like, like over going, his head. Yeah, he was just going for the follow. And I'm like, that's not Bucks basketball, man. No. Like what? What in the H is that? That's that's. Well, here's here's the thing: is it was 16 points. The Bucks went down and on consecutive drives, up by 16, came on, point comes off a screen and shoots the first three pointer available. I mean, like immediately, taking no time off the clock and shooting a bad three. Um, <laughs> and of course, it didn't work. And now the game is becoming closer. So yeah, this this is this is what they do. It's like. They don't it's know how like, to run this like offense. Been screaming for four years about this. Yeah. Why are we shooting the three? And un- and unlike the, the year if they're they there, lost, it's that, fine. But don't force it. Yeah. Unlike the year that we lost to the Raptors, when our only when the Bucks' only game plan was charge the hoop and Nick Nurse just put four guys in the lane. 
they don't put four guys in the lane anymore because they have to actually respect the Bucks shooters. But at the same time, they're throwing it out to those shooters that they respect and they're covered and they're still hucking threes. And it's like, or just play the inside game yeah. and they don't and they don't and now. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I don't think we're going to win the series, but anyways, I was trying to, <laughs> Oh no, I'm what? trying to put some hope into it. Cause I they know. can, and they should, the heat, the heat are going to get smoked by whoever they play the next round anyways. Yeah. And they get a real coach. I, they don't have the talent. They don't. No, they don't. They don't have any. They don't have the side. They shouldn't be out rebounding anybody. They got Adebayo and nothing else. Uh, they play a very small lineup. Uh, yeah, there's no reason any of this should be going this way. So, uh, all right. Um, just because we've taken a lot of time with with these two major topics, I mean, all we'll say about the the Brewers is they they hey, hey, they kind of hang in there. Leave, before, hey, before yeah, we get we're off, we're running that, way out, short okay. on time. But yeah, go ahead. I, I know, I know, we are, but nothing else matters because this team's not going to be on next week's podcast. Um, so the Bucks right now, I'm looking at what the minutes played. Lopez, 31, Holiday, 33, Middleton, 30, Giannis, 29, Allen, 23, Bobby, 16, which that's abysmal. Bobby yeah. should be playing more than that. Wes Matthews, 14, Pat Connington, 13, Ingles, 8. And then Crowder, Carter, Beauchamp. Dragic that they they traded to get for the playoffs. I'll have zero minutes in this game. Yeah, because Bud because Bud refuses to play the other players. We would have we would have made the finals last year if we played Carter more. Quite honestly, like we said this last year, Carter got us to the, the number one seed. Carter was clutched the whole season. I mean, like, yeah. what are we getting out of what? what yeah, no, no, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, Drew's he doesn't know got, how to do. Drew's got stuff. 33 points and nine assi- or uh, nine points and uh, six assists, but I mean, come on, man! Like the variety of life, like yeah, Crowder zero minutes. I mean, he played parts of a minute, the, the not big, a full the minute. Big trades that we made for Crowder and Dragic. Yep, I, I, and I, it's 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 like, and Carter's been good too. Like the. That I is exactly this the great. Quote. I said it earlier this year on this podcast. Like we're lucky that Jason Kidd was the coach when Giannis got here, or he would have never seen the court. Yeah, because Bud doesn't play his bench outside of the regular season. Yeah, and he barely like, does it then. And he barely does it in the regular season too. All right. As I said, <laughs> I don't want to th- talk about the Brewers either. This all no, sucks. yeah. All we're gonna say about the Brewers all is um, they've had some injuries with Woodruff. Uh, Garrett Mitchell. Uh, now we're also seeing there's a uh, uh, Sal Freilich has had injuries too, so we got much of that. But they continue to play fairly well. Just finally, they lost a series against the Tigers just now. But um, there's there's a lot of reasons for optimism. Corbin Burns looked like he might have gotten hurt, but came back oh, and then pitched the next time. About the Brewers, if I can't be optimistic about the Bucks, come on. Well, they're winning though, <laughs> so that's the difference. For now, yeah, for now, we just feel like they got a young team. It's good to see. Uh, Peralta back and pitching well and healthily. So uh, uh, those are the things I'm good. I'm good and happy about right now. And then we'll see how they fail and make us angry later. So uh, we don't have time to really go much further into that. So um, with that, we're going to put everything else we have into the segment of the show that we lovingly call our last call. Time to look around and get your bearings. It's time for the last call. All right, we don't have a ton to give you in terms of last call. We'll go over softball again because we've talked about that a bunch. 
rough little stretch here for women's softball. They had that doubleheader against the Tommies of St. Thomas, uh, one of my other alma maters. They win 10 nothing and then lose 10-12. It's a strange kind of pull. Uh, then they have the three-game series against Northwestern, who's the only top 25 team in the Big Ten, um, the, the number one team in the Big Ten. They're uh, 19th overall right now. Uh, they lose one to nothing. They lose six to three, and then they lose four to three. Uh, then they played the number two team in the Big Ten, unranked, but number two in the Big Ten, Nebraska Cornhuskers. Uh, they take the middle game, but lose the other two. So uh, they lose six to seven, win four to three, and then lost on Sunday uh, one to two in the rubber match in Lincoln. Uh, next, they have a doubleheader, which they're going through right now with Minnesota. Uh, which was, well, I'm sorry, that was just last night, so I have to just update this here. But playing Minnesota, then they will have Maryland out in College Park uh, coming up next. Uh, Wisconsin actually got swept by Minnesota and shut out in both of those. This was a big one for Wisconsin because Minnesota was only, was the team just ahead of them in the Big Ten rankings. So this was a chance to jump up into that top half and uh, got kind of smoked here, though. So that's that's an unfortunate uh, turn of events for this team. Uh, in terms of track, we had a couple things here because it's an interesting setup here. So they split the teams into three different uh, meets, all right? So the Mount Sac Relays, the Brian Clay Invitational, and the Beach Invitational. At the Brian Clay Invitational, uh, Adam Spencer wins the 15, or I'm sorry, he uh, places 11th in the 1500 meters. Uh, we also had a 13th place finish in the 100 meters at the Mount Sac relays. Uh, the only person to win an event in the three was Jason Suarez, who throws 65 feet, two inches, uh, second best UW uh, throw and his own personal record, obviously, uh, in the shot put. So that fantastic throw there. Uh, other ones who were at least reasonable, you know, well-placed here, uh, 12th place in the triple jump for Justin Kleefig. Uh, we have a 14th place by Glow Waring, which is, you know, Hall of Fame name. GL, oh, I'm sorry, Geo Waring. Sorry, it's like Geo Waring is just, that's a fantastic name. Uh, he had a 400 meter hurdles of 54 seconds and 0.76. Uh, so that's uh, also Colin er- Ends. Colin Ends, we've heard before uh, in the 400 meters, had a, a, a 15th place finish. Among the women, we actually had uh, was it Josie Schaefer broke the school record for shot put. So that that's a fantastic thing to be able to talk about. She threw a 62 feet, three and one quarter inches. Uh, obviously, it's her own PR, and it is the school record uh, at the Mount Sac Relays. She had that throw. Uh, Destiny Heuven also goes eighth in the 100 meters in that, and uh, Chloe Lindemann. Uh, finishes ninth in the hammer throw. The pole vault, they actually have two uh, Badgers tie at the Brian Clay Invitationals for sixth. Both jump uh, over, well, vault, 12 feet, three and a half inches. Julia Moore and Taya Dorthorst. So we also get a third place finish in the Beach Invitational for the 100 meters dash by Kylie Robbins, who also then placed fourth in the 200 meter at that same meet. Uh, Daniel Bellino, Danielle Bellino, if I'm saying, make sure I say that right, uh, finishes third in the 800 meter. And we get a 12th place finish in the long jump by Armoni 
Brown. So that's what we have there. Um, women's tennis actually was one that just caught my eye this week for Badgers women's sports. Uh, they end up having a very good season in the Big Ten. Uh, finished with a winning record and uh, eight and three overall. Uh, five and one at home, 18 and five overall, I believe nationally ranked as well, heading into the Big Ten tournament, which will be coming up this next week here. So uh, that, that'll be fun. That'll be coming up Friday. This actually this weekend coming up for the Big Ten tournament. Uh, the things I'll say about baseball, because we do have D3 baseball in Wisconsin. Four Wisconsin teams are ranked. I don't ranked. believe you. <laughs> Four Wisconsin teams are ranked. Actually, Whitewater was ranked 19th, the highest ranked, even though UW Lacrosse is the top team in the division or the you know the conference. Uh, they played this week, and Lacrosse wins. They played both in Whitewater. Lacrosse wins eight to two and six to five. So they sweep the uh, the double header there. Uh, UW Stevens Point, who I believe is 21st ranked in the country. Uh, they go 22 to nothing over Stout and then 8 to 1 in a more modest game. And another interesting blowout, uh, UW Oshkosh, who is a, I think the 22nd ranked team right now, uh, they win 17 to 2 and then they win 7 to 4 over UW Platteville. So those are the games from this weekend. Uh, and then this week, also uh, women's, well, just women's softball for a D3. Uh, Eau Claire and Stevens Point split. Eau Claire wins 5-4, and then Point comes back to win 6-2. Platteville and Stout played. Uh, Platteville, they also split. Platteville wins 4-3. Stout wins 5-2. Uh, Lacrosse played against River Falls and takes both, uh, 8-0 and 7-1. And Whitewater went to play Illinois Wesleyan. Uh, they split with them. They win 4-0 and then lose nothing to 7 so that's where we are in terms of just the, the other sports that don't get as much coverage. We want to make sure you, everybody at least hears about and knows what's going on in Wisconsin sports. Aaron, did you have anything else to say before we wrap up the show? No, not at this point, John. Thank you, sir, for the, uh, uh, the, uh, the, uh, Mia, the, uh, microphone. I'm, yes. I, I'm in, it's I'm in I'm sorry, day. just so everybody, everybody knows. So we're in the fourth quarter of the, uh, Bucks game. Uh, with about seven minutes left here, and it's oh yeah, and we will be ranting about thank, this next. Thank, week. thank God, thank God, they scored some points in the fourth quarter at this juncture. So <laughs> sorry, it's it's not ideal for doing a podcast, but uh, it is what it is. Do it during a game, but it it is what it is. So all right, well, thank you, Aaron. Also for you know we've worked out coming back in here after a whole bunch of tough times this last week. Yeah. in the last two. No weeks problem. Here. Love it's you, John. You. Anytime, man. It's, it's always good uh, yeah, to have you around. To, we we do it when we do it, man. All right. Uh, next week, we should have uh, Jim Widener with us to do post-draft uh, review. And Ooh. so that should be Jim Widener, friend Jim of the podcast. Widener. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, other than that, make sure you follow us on Twitter at ScottyJohnnyPod, at NotSoHumbleHost, and at CheddarTalk. And remember, whether you are on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at ScottyJohnny1 or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.